I'm Pastor Zach, so and I serve as lead pastors here. So glad you've joined us today for this Connect Group Fair Sunday. Hopefully when you came in today, you saw those big yellow letters that say Connect. If you didn't, we do have an eye doctor in the house today. <laughs> they can help you after today's service. Uh, but what a wonderful day that we can come together and talk about community and, and connection. And, and we want to do that today. So uh, a couple of years after I had gotten ordained as a minister... My, one of my older sisters, she got married, got married a little bit later in life, and, and she asked if I'd be a part of that wedding ceremony. And I said, well, sure. So um, my, my part was to go over a couple of scriptures, and, and one of those scriptures was Genesis chapter 2, where it says that, you know, God declares it is not good that man should be alone. But the problem was when I, you know, I had never done a wedding, you know, so... And, and after I explain to you what happened, you will probably never ask me to do your wedding. So I was going over the scripture. The only problem is I forgot when going over that scripture to you say the word not. So what I declared was, it is good that man should be alone. My sister was not happy. My brother-in-law didn't know what to think. My wife, of whom I'd been happily married to for like nine years at that point, was eyeballing me from the front row. Like, oh, it's good. The man's alone, huh? You know? Oh, man. I was sweating, fumbling over my words. I mean, it's not. It's not good that man would be alone. And my dad is a pastor, and he is much better at weddings. So I handed him the manuscript and said, I'm done here. (laughs) Oh, man. So what I did not make clear on that wedding day, may I make clear to you today, it is not good that man and woman should be alone. We were designed for community. God made us that way. Uh, That is the intent of creation, that we be in relationship with God and relationship with others. And and so something happens when when we're not, that we we miss out on the life that God has for us when we're not in community with others. So on this Connect Group Day, as we take a look at community, uh, I just want to point out some things that we find in Scripture and in life. I mean, science proves these things as it relates to community, and the the first is this, is that life is better together. That really is the whole takeaway. If you understand nothing else today, may you get that, that life is better together. And the first thing we find is that life is better together because we were made for community. We were made for it. That's why this church was renamed seven years ago as Connection Point Church. They just wanted to clearly communicate. We exist to help you get connected with God and connected with others because you were made for it. Your, your creator made you that way. Uh, about a week ago, we hosted LeaderCast, and one of the speakers, Dr. Carolyn Leaf, she's a cognitive neuroscientist, and, and one of the things she shared from a Christian perspective is how lonely people are. She went on to explain that loneliness is one of the leading causes of death in our world today. That's sad. It's terrible, really. Isolation is linked to a number of dysfunctional immune responses and increased blood pressure. There's all kinds of negative uh, health effects that happen when you're lonely. People need deep and meaningful relationships to thrive in life. They need them. The Bible tells us this and science proves it. In fact, I'll say it's hard to be a Christian and not be in community because there are 59 statements in the New Testament that are one another statements. We, we find in John chapter 13, love one another. In Romans chapter 12, honor 
one another. In 1 Corinthians 16, greet one another. I always have to laugh at that one because you know what the, how you're supposed to greet one another? With a holy kiss if you've read the New Testament. Okay, one of my, did somebody just say hallelujah? <laughs> one of my least favorite parts of living in Africa in the Middle East is that verse right there. I don't want to kiss other guys. I'll kiss my kids and my wife. But then the Bible tells me these things. Serve one another. Galatians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 4. Forgive one another. Uh, in case you didn't know, you cannot one another yourself. You have to be in community with others to be a Christian and Christ follower and to fulfill all of Scripture. You know, we've got access to social media, email, text, FaceTime, Skype, chat rooms, all kinds of means of communication. We are more connected than ever in history. And yet people are more isolated and disconnected than ever before. It's not good. And I want to also say, don't get me wrong, technology and social media can be wonderful. We loved that we on Christmas Day from Sudan, from Khartoum, Sudan, from East Jerusalem, that we could Skype our families back in the U.S. So what a wonderful tool that was. But there's also important for us to understand that although technology can be great, there is no replacing face-to-face communication and shoulder-to-shoulder activities. There's no replacing that. There's no way around it. Scripture and science both show us we must develop a community mindset if we want to thrive in life. So what does it look like? Well, it could be meaningful conversations in a connect group. We're talking about connect groups today. Uh, It usually involves switching off your phone. I don't think anything bothers Shelly and I more than if we happen to get out on a date night, we're out to dinner and we're having conversation, we look over and see all these other couples staring at their phones. Like, what's wrong with you? I want to go over to the guys and like, slap his phone down and be like, she's right in front of you. Talk to her. Goodness. Somebody just said amen to that. (laughs) Uh, What else? What do we need to do in community? We got to get out of the house. You did that this morning. You're in community because you left your home. That's part of it too. And you got to be friendly to others. I love how Paul encourages believers in Rome to welcome each other. And as they welcome each other, what happens? God is glorified. And we're meant to glorify our lives. Our lives are meant to glorify God. Uh, He writes in Romans chapter 15, accept each other just as Christ has accepted you so that God will be given glory. We're to accept one another, welcome one another, another translation says. God gets glory when we do it. Life is better together because you were made for community. But life is also better together because unity is a supernatural witness. Life is better together because unity, it's a supernatural witness. We live in a rather divided world. That's not of God's design. His desire is every person united under the lordship of Jesus. That's his plan. And we have that picture in scripture. Uh, Look at the list of just the disciples. Let's start there. So reading from Matthew chapter 10. The names of the 12 apostles are these. First, Simon, who is called Peter. Andrew, his brother. James, the son of Zebedee. John, his brother. Philip and Bartholomew. Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector. James, the son of Ophias and Thaddeus. Simon the Zealot and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. When you examine the backgrounds of those who follow Jesus, you'll find they were of different socioeconomic and political classes. Uh, You look at Matthew, the tax collector. Uh, He would have been a person of means. Peter, he had his own fishing business with his brother Andrew, and and other disciples came from various backgrounds. If you go to Luke chapter 8, we talked about some of the list of Jesus' followers there. 
Uh, One of those, Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's household manager, meaning Joanna was a person of means. So there was people of of every socioeconomic class that followed Jesus. And, And you find that also of different political backgrounds. So Matthew, a former tax collector, was considered one of the most despicable people in Israel before Jesus called him as a follower. He'd taken a job with the Roman government to extort taxes from his own people. And that tax money went to pay for the Roman occupation army. Talk about offensive. And the lesser known of the two Simons, he's called the Zealot. The Zealots were an outlaw political party who took their hatred of Rome to an extreme. And they conspired to overthrow Roman rule. Many of them were violent outlaws. They used sabotage and assassination to advance their political agenda. They concealed weapons beneath their robes. They they had these particular knives that they would use and, and use them to kill people that they perceived as political enemies. People like tax collectors. You better believe Matthew did not volunteer to sleep next to Simon the Zealot. But isn't it amazing? I love that these two guys are in the same group together. Only in Jesus can that happen. And that's what it should be for us in the kingdom. But that's not just for the disciples. You look at the the birth of the early church. You go to Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13, it says, Now there were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers. Barnabas. So Barnabas we understood to be a Jew from Jerusalem. Simeon who was called Niger. Uh, when you look at that, basically, he was an African. <laughs> I said in the first service, he was an African-American. He was not an American. <laughs> oh, I love it. Lucius of Cyrene. Again, somebody of a different ethnic background. Many and a lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch. So even right there, just one verse, you see the difference of people that are there. When you look across the spectrum of the early church, it included men and women, Jew and Gentile, Middle Easterner and African. There were no Americans as a part of the early church, I'm sorry. People of uh, different socioeconomic and political class. That is how it should be in the kingdom of God. And in a deeply divided world like the one we live in, people should see that picture in the church today. It should be one of our best witnesses to the world. that says only in Jesus do these things get sorted out. We should be those kind of people. And what do we see here? In fact, let me go back to here. Ephesians chapter 2. How does this all happen? It only happens because of Jesus. I love how Paul writes that Jesus came and he broke down the dividing wall of hostility between people groups. That's what he did. And what does Jesus say? He says that by this, by this kind of unity, this is how people will know that you are my disciples. If you have this kind of love for one another. It's supernatural. It's supernatural. To love others, not like you. But that's a wonderful place to start. Our one anothering, our coming together in community as people from different backgrounds and races and nations and languages, it's meant to show the world we belong to the kingdom of God. What a wonderful witness it could be if we simply took the time to get to know the person next to you who's not like you. It'd be a wonderful place to start. And how do we do that? You can sign up for a connect group and you're guaranteed to run into people not like you. And I would say gravitate toward them. Get to know some people not like you because they're going to be the ones that enrich your lives the most. I guarantee it. Sign up for a connect group with that kind of a mindset. Life is better together because unity is a supernatural witness. And life is better together because God works through groups of people. Life is better together because God works through groups of people. So often we read through uh, scripture and, and we think about people like Moses. But I've got news for you. Moses would not be Moses without Aaron and Joshua and Caleb and the Israelites. 
Moses isn't Moses without him. And we think about Paul. Paul would not be Paul without the groups of people of whom he was planting the church with. We just hear maybe a little bit more about Paul, but God works through groups of people. He does not work through Lone Rangers. If you were here for Mother's Day, last Sunday we got into Romans chapter 16. Started talking about Phoebe. But I want to read to you, almost unfortunately, I'm going to botch these days. First service, it was horrible. Like hooked on phonics did not work for me. (laughs) But I'm going to try it anyway. Romans chapter 16, verse 1. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, who is a deacon in the church of Centria. Welcome her in the Lord as one who's worthy of honor among God's people. Help her in whatever she needs, for she's been helpful to many and especially to me. Give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in the ministry of, of Christ Jesus. So now he's already mentioned Phoebe. He's mentioning Priscilla and Aquila, a husband and wife. He says, in fact, they once risked their lives for me. I'm thankful to them, and so are all the Gentile churches. And also give my greetings to the church that meets in their home. Greet my dear friend Eponidas, who is the first person from the province of Asia to become a follower of Christ. Give my greetings to Mary, who has worked so hard for your benefit. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my fellow Jews who are in prison with me. So again, let's go back. Could Paul have done anything on his own without this group of people encouraging him along the way? They were all in it together. They were in prison together. Talk about unity. That'll be a way to do it. They were highly respected among the apostles and became followers of Christ before I did. Greet Ampliatus. There we go. Ampliatus, my dear friend in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our co-worker in Christ, not from Champaign-Urbana. And my friend, Stachys, greet Apelles, a good man who Christ approves. And give my greetings to the believers from the household of Aristobulus. Greet Herodian, my fellow Jew. Greet the Lord's people from the household of Narcissus. Give my greetings to Tryphena and Tryphosa, the Lord's workers, and to dear Persis. I don't know why we don't name our kids these names. (laughs) Who has worked so hard for the Lord. Greet Rufus, whom the Lord picked out to be his very own, and also my dear mother, who's been a mother to me. Give my greetings. Oh, man. Asyncritus, we'll go with that. Phlegon, Hermes, Patrobus, Hermes, and the brothers and sisters who meet with them. Give my greetings to <laughs> Philologus, Philologus, Julia, Nernius, and his sister into Olympus and all the believers who meet with them. God works through groups of people, even groups of people with names we cannot pronounce. But even think, I mean, so there's a lot of people listed there, but what's the last sentence? And all the believers who meet with them. How many are are unlisted there? That's amazing, folks. You will find all throughout scripture, God works through groups of people. That's just what he does. So for you and for me to enter into the extraordinary future God has for us, because he does, he promises it, we have to link arms and do it together. We don't get to do it alone. So what that also means is if we don't link arms together, we miss out on what God wants for our futures. That's what it means. And I was thinking about and going through this this passage, I'm I'm really kind of speaking to two different groups of people here this morning. I'm thinking about those who have been here for a long time, you know, 10, 15, 20, 30 years. I'm thinking about those that are maybe newer to the church, five years. Those kind of, you kind of need to think about this in, in maybe two different ways. But I will put before you, Both groups need to find belonging at Connection Point Church. And here's what I was thinking about for those that are are long-term members is, you know what, when when Pastor Ted made the transition here uh, to this building here, you know, he helped lead that transition seven, eight years ago. 
he, he did well to hear from the Lord and put a block on the wall outside this building that says a new beginning. But whenever there's a new beginning, then what that means is, is you have to find a new place of belonging. And so what I would put before you, if you've been at Connection Point for a long time, it is very likely you need to find a new way to belong here. And that actually is a good thing. The God who makes all things new. Because I think everyone would recognize, and this isn't just for Connection Point Church, this is for any church, that Connection Point today is not the same Connection Point from five years ago. It's not the same Connection Point from 10 years ago. It's not the same Connection Point from 20 years ago. And that's all by God's design. And the greatest challenge before us when you've been a part of something for a long time is if you live in the past, you forgo your extraordinary future. And that is not God's heart for you. It is not his design for you. I've talked with our staff on a couple of occasions that when you approach life, you, you, there's a book called Mindsets, and you can approach it through a fixed mindset or a growth mindset. A fixed mindset, it leads you down a path you don't want to go, but a growth mindset leads you on to the extraordinary. So I would challenge you today, live with a growth mindset. And I guess I would want to encourage you today that, you know what, I understand that we love our holy huddles. Shelly and I, we love the groups of people that we've had as holy huddles in our life. And there's a reason for that because that's actually a picture of eternity. What is eternity? Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you. My, my father's preparing a, a room for you. It gets mistranslated as mansion. It's a room. You're going to find a room that you share with others. That, not that room, but... I don't know how that's going to work out. I'm just telling you, Jesus says you get a room. You don't get a mansion, you share a mansion, okay? That's what, that's what I'm going after. You've got these shared courtyards. We've got these pictures when you go to, to visit Jerusalem. You go to visit the Holy Land in terms of what, that, what Jesus is referring to. But our holy huddles are awesome places because that's the picture we have of eternity. What a joy, the brothers and sisters and the faith that we get to do life with. But God never means us to limit it to that. Look at the list from Paul. I'm sure that those people intersected in his lives at different points and they all had value in the kingdom of God and he rejoiced in them all and lifted them up as people to honor. So here's a picture of, of Shelly and I's holy huddle before we came to Connection Point Church. We love these people. They were our church planting team in Jerusalem and God continues to use them today. One of those gals, they are, their family's in Chicago, they minister there and she came down to surprise Shelly for her birthday last year. Two of the families are overseas. They'll come back this summer. We'll catch dinner with them while they're here. So I say that to say, man, when we get time together, that's amazing. But I also want to put before you, had we continued to live in that holy huddle, jump to the next picture, we would have, would have missed this group of people. And if you're a longtime member of the church, you know many of those people, and you know they're amazing people. And if we would have continued to live in the past, we would not have stepped into our extraordinary future. And I'm so glad for every one of these people. But I also know we're still new at getting to know them. And so we have to stay in the game and getting to know these individuals as well. Individuals who we could call before Shelly started teaching and be like, we're running late. Can you have our kids hang out with you at school? Hey, we're tied up in meetings. Could you get our kids to their soccer game today? But there's so much more to life to say, man, we're dealing with some things. Could you, could you pray with us? So now I want to shift to the other group of people. Maybe you've been here five years or less. You're newer to Connection Point and you've yet to find a place of belonging. But if I could encourage you, what do you need to do? You need to stay in the game. You need to keep showing up. Relationships, they just take a while. They take a while to develop. And I would say every environment you step into, that looks a little bit different. I was thinking through, uh, in this third point in particular, in, in the different spaces and places that Shelly and I have been able to live and work and serve and, and be in relationship with others. And when we were involved in, in overseas work, we were sharing at a, a missions convention in Naperville, Illinois, at a church there.
They had a bunch of global partners in, and, and I was sitting next to a gal at a lunch of whom I had, Shelly and I had worked with her son and daughter-in-law in Sudan, and, and so I was talking with she and her husband about that. I had never met this couple before. This is the first time I'd ever sat down and started chatting with them. And within five minutes, we were in an incredibly deep conversation, and one of the gals from the church in Naperville, she says, do you guys know each other? And we're like, no, but we know this is the opportunity we've got, so we're going to go deep fast. And I say that in the context of when you live in more of a transient culture or in a setting, people will dive deeper into relationship quicker than when you're in a setting where there's long-standing relationships, long-standing businesses, and family legacies. And so if you're new to Connection Point, here's what I would put before you. Paul says, love is patient. Love patiently, but keep showing up because God's going to put some amazing people in your life from this church if you do. But you've got to keep going after it in connect groups. Keep signing up for connectors. Maybe you've been in two connect groups. You're like, I'm just having a hard time getting connected. Keep showing up. God's going to bring people into your lives that will enrich your lives, and you're going to miss out if you don't. Maybe you've not served with Mega Sports Camp. Could I encourage you? I'll put a plug in for Mega Sports Camp. That's an awesome week together. Some of the people Shelly and I have gotten to know very quickly is by hanging out with them every night for a week, blessing kids. So there's ways that you can get connected, but you have to choose to get connected. You have to step into those relationships and enter into relationships where you can get to know people in ever-deepening ways. And just be, be, be patient in those relationships. No, it just takes time. It takes time to develop relationships, and that's okay. Allow Jesus to take you on that journey. So what I would put before you today, long-time attenders, what kind of joyful future will you miss out on? if you don't find a connect group to be a part of. And I'll say this, you know what? There's probably longtime attenders that are here who have never signed up for a connect group. Could you sign up for one this summer and get to know some people that are here? God is bringing amazing people into this building. They will enrich your lives if you let them. So could you open yourselves up to them? Uh, One of the gals in our our time this morning, one of our members of the church, as we were singing in, in worship, she came and shared, she said, you know, I just really feel like the Lord's dropping firmly on my heart that people's hearts need to be pliable and open to what God wants to do. So could I just speak that over your lives today? May your hearts be open and pliable. Whether you're new or you've been here for a long time, may your hearts be open to new relationships this summer. This is a group of incredible people sitting in this room today. I know it. And now you need to get to know one another in ever-deepening ways. It's important that you do. For those new to Connection Point, if you don't put an effort to find a place to belong you'll miss out on the meaningful relationships you're meant to have in this life. You will. And we will all, here's the thing, we will all miss out on the future God has for us if we don't develop relationships with others in this room. We are all mutually dependent here. And so it's upon all of us, each one of us, to build a relationship. So let's not forgo our extraordinary futures. Let's be a part of connect groups and get to know one another. Because life truly is better together. It really is. So I encourage you to sign up for a connect group. It's important that you do. I I was working through this message and just thinking about um, what God's been doing in this church for for a while and uh, thinking about how different people have approached that. And and, uh, whenever I I don't see somebody here for um, a little bit, then I usually try to follow up and call them and just check on them, see how they're doing. And and I had done that with uh, a family last fall. And and uh, as we were dialoguing, they were dealing with some medical issues in their family. And, but then they began to share. They just kind of struggled finding community here. And, and so I called him this week and said, would you be okay if I, I shared a couple of lines from uh, his email? And, and he said that would be okay. So here's what he wrote. He said, just so you know, we're going a different route with church after two years. We never really made a connection with anyone at the church outside of Sundays. Please don't take this personally. 
It's actually been a difficult decision leaving because you and your family have been so great to us. We would just like to find people we can connect with outside of church. So I put that before our long-term members to say, we have to take seriously the opportunity to engage the people that are before you today. We have to. And as I, began, as I spoke with this individual this week and was talking about what God's doing in the church and where we're headed and, and continuing to, to you know, um, make right what we know God wants to do here, I'll put it in that context, you know, that we, I've often said you can't see point C until you get to point B. So we just keep going to point B, finding point C. That's what we do. And we know we can continue to improve upon what we're doing here, and we're committed to doing that and helping people find a place of belonging. So I'll tell you, like for the Connect Group leaders, what we've asked each one of them, no matter what kind of group they're in, if you're in a community group, take 15 minutes. I want you to ask three questions of everybody in that space, get into groups of three or whatever it takes. Ask them, what are they thankful for this past week? What's been a good thing that's happened? And then ask them two other follow-up questions. And what's been a challenge, and how can we encourage you in that? We want to make better pathways of ways that we can get to know each other well. It's important that we do. It was interesting, the, as, as I talked with this individual and shared where we're headed and what we're doing, and the comment was, you know, I wish I probably would have held on a little bit longer. So I, I put that before you in two different categories today. Let's get to know the people God has brought to us. It's really important that we do. And may you keep showing up. You'll be disappointed if you don't. I'm sure of it. God has an extraordinary future in place for you, but it takes others in your life to get to see that happen. It really does. I'm going to invite our Connect Group leaders to come. I just want to pray with them before we dismiss this morning. All of these individuals who have said that we want to help create environments and places of belonging for all of the people who call Connection Point Church home. Um, So we're just going to take a moment and pray over them. And we're going to commission them to Main Street where you can sign up to be a part of the groups that they are leading this summer. And we've got many. And we'll run through a couple of those, groups on fitness and prayer and Bible study, so that we can hopefully capture you in some way in finding a place of belonging here.